Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max on ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80, and your smart speakers. Yeah, we're going to do our mock drafts. That time, Max. Good morning, guys, first of all. What up, baby? How you doing? Key, good morning. Good morning. I'm good. I'm good. You ready for this draft, Key? You ready for this draft? Good. Explain to people how it's going to work, okay? Just like the NFL draft, any mock draft, you know, you go team by team. But the difference is the selections are going to be made by you and by media members around the country. So, for example, if you're a Panthers fan and you want to get in on it, you call 888-SAY-ESPN-729-3776 and select for the Panthers. And if we select your call... Then tomorrow, because we're doing four per day, you're going to make the selection for the Panthers in this mock draft. And I don't know how you do your mock draft, but around here, Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, you know, ESPN morning drive show, we get Mel Kuyper Jr. for hours. What's going on, Mel? Hey, guys, I wish we had an hour per pick. I, I saw <laughs> your top four already, so we got a lot, of, lot to talk about. All right, here we go. You ready for this? Oh, Let's yeah. Mel. Oh, that sounds the Jacksonville Jaguars select first. They're on the clock. Here is Jeff in Jacksonville selecting for his team. With the first pick in the KJM mock draft, Jacksonville picks Aiden Hutchinson. This is uh, going to help our defense. We already have a quarterback. We got a great coach now, and uh, this is the beginning of the Super Bowl run. Aiden Hutchinson, defensive end, Michigan. When you evaluate a player, you try to look at everything. You look at athletic ability, he checks all those boxes. You look at production, checks all those boxes. And then you look at makeup. What's the work ethic like? I think he does check all those boxes for me. This guy's got it. Like, he's got the goods. He's ready to, to come in and, and be that player that you could rest, really rest a franchise on. Agree 100% uh, with that. I think when you look at what they did offensive line-wise, bringing back Cam Robinson, drafting Walker Little last year, and bringing in Phil Rauscher to be the new offensive line coach. They have a lot of confidence in their new line coach to bring this group together. Once they made that move, uh, they had to go defense. They had no sack production in the last two years. And Aiden Hutchinson not only brings, will bring sack production, he'll bring an attitude and approach and an energy that this team really needs. And Aiden Hutchinson is such a pro coming out of Michigan. Mm-hmm. You would look at him and compare him maybe to a Nick or a Joey Bosa based on wearing number 97, bending the edge and doing mm-hmm. some athletic type things. The one thing that I would guard against is his point of attack against the run. I'm not so sure quite yet. And he's still young, but as far as his pass rush skills go, they're right there. Yes, yeah, we get paid for it, okay? Yep. Yep. Did I hear it? Did I hear the chime? Mm hmm. Yeah, it's not over to here. Okay, now the Detroit Lions are on the clock, and Daniel Dopp is here to make the selection. With the second pick in the 2022 KJM mock draft, the Detroit Lions select Kayvon Thibodeau, defensive end, Oregon. Kayvon Thibodeau, defensive end, Oregon. When you're that talented and you have that type of size and pedigree there are plays where you're like oh yeah he's the best player in this draft he has just all the tools he's probably the most physically gifted pure edge guy in the draft 
Yeah, he is physically gifted. Strength, the get-off, everything about him inside, outside. I think he played well this year considering he was injured against Fresno State. He stayed on the field. He didn't quit on his team. Uh, I just think that the Lions at that point could look at Sauce Gardner, cornerback from Cincinnati, could look Trayvon Walker, defensive end Georgia. But if Thibodeau, hey, Penne Soul can tell them all they want to know about, uh, about Kayvon Thibodeau. If listen to Penne, maybe he goes number two. If he doesn't go two, some think, like Chris Mortensen, he could drop out of the top ten. Mm. If you look at Kayvon Thibodeau and his production at Oregon, much like Mel said, this year in and out of the lineup but didn't quit on his team, he hadn't, he didn't produce the same amount of things that he did his freshman year when he came and burst onto the scene out of Oaks Christian High School. Some people think that they're not sure if he quite loved football the way that most people want football players to love it. We'll see if he falls in the draft. Houston Texans now on the clock, and uh, we have a we have a fan out of Houston for this one. With third pick in the KJM mock draft, the Houston Texans select Malik Willis. He's got a dynamic arm. He's a great leader. He's got poise in the pocket, and he's a dual threat quarterback. And that's something that Houston needs ever since they lost to Sean. They need someone that's energetic that's going to bring some pop to that offense to compete with such a star-studded quarterback cast in the AFC. Malik Willis, quarterback, Liberty. He's this big, powerful athlete, but he's not just that. There's a grace to his game as well. That combination makes him very different than everybody else. I think the character being off the charts, the talent being off the charts. All the questions that are attached to him are the same questions, or most of them, attached to what they were about Josh Allen coming out of Wyoming. Oh, he's got accuracy issues. How? Watch the game. <laughs> Dan says, hey, if he's, got, if he's going to be Josh Allen, you take him, right? I just think they feel Davis Mills is the quarterback moving forward the way Davis Mills progressed, how highly rated he was coming out of high school. Now that he's healthy, they say with a bad team, he put up some great numbers. He was the second-best rookie quarterback in the NFL. They are moving forward with Davis Mills. Now, you can look back into this draft three years from now and say, hey, they should have taken uh, Malik Wills if he is, in fact, anywhere close to Josh Allen, who's a superstar in the NFL right now. But I think they will stick with Davis Mills, and they will look in the trenches either for a defensive line lineman like Trayvon Walker or an offensive lineman like Iki Aquanu. I think when you look at this pick, if in fact they were to go with Malik Willis, it's more about the trend of quarterbacks in the National Football League, in particular in the AFC, guys that can move around, have a lot of mobility. He is a stumpier guy with a bigger, thicker, lower body, strong arm, very athletic. But much like Mel said, I don't see where they pass on Davis Mills, who's already there at their quarterback spot, second-round pick out of Stanford, to all of a sudden take Malik Willis in the third slot when they need way more players than that. By the way, that was Jeff out of Houston who made that last selection for the Texans. Now the New York Jets are on the clock, and Alan Hahn is here to make the pick. With the fourth pick in the KJM mock draft, the New York Jets, they got the sauce. Select. Ahmad Sauce Gardner, cornerback, Cincinnati. Sauce Gardner, cornerback, Cincinnati. 
He is the best cornerback in this class. You look back over his career, he never gave up gave up a receiving touchdown. This past season, he didn't allow a receiver to have more than 13 yards in a single game. And he's 6'3", long arms. He's got the speed you look for at the position. He's just he's as complete a player as you can ask for when you're looking for a press man cover corner. Yeah, Matt Miller was talking about checking all the boxes, and this kid does every box that you want in a cornerback coming out, clean through the process. They need a lockdown corner. They have some, they have some twos, threes, and fours. They don't have the number one shutdown corner. Uh, they could take a receiver here like Garrett Wilson. They could wait. And key, we've been talking about Drake London getting him at 10. Uh, or Jamison Williams, if they feel like he's coming back quicker than expected from the ACL, they could roll the dice that a receiver will be there at 10 to help out Zach Wilson and at four take the cornerback Sauce Gardner. You know, they can always pick a receiver in this draft, whether it's late in the first round, second round, third round. There's plenty of receivers to go around. But when you got a shutdown corner on the board like a Sauce Gardner, you certainly grab that guy and don't let him slide at all whatsoever. The last shutdown corner that they had was Darrell Rivas. He'll be in the Hall of Fame here soon. But this comp for Sauce Gardner reminds me a lot of Antonio Cromartie. And in size-wise, big, long, very athletic, fluid, running the football, can get in the hip pocket of receivers, can drop his hips when they drop theirs. I like the pick for the Jets at four. Okay, we're going to have – those are your top four picks. Aiden Hutchinson to the Jags, Thibodeau to the Lions, Malik Willis to the Texans, and Sauce Gardner, the corner, to the Jets. Now, the biggest – and we have four more tomorrow, by the way, four more every day until we're done with the first round here on KJM, our mock draft. The biggest surprise – of the first four picks, has to be Malik Willis to the Texans at number three overall. But listen to what Dan Orlovsky said yesterday on this show about who Malik Willis reminds him of. And then we want to get your reaction, Mel Kuyper Jr. He needs to be drafted by a team that has a starting quarterback. Hey, this guy's good enough to start. He's good enough for us to win some games with. Josh had that with Tyrod Taylor. And then the second thing is he needs a coach that does not have to win this season or he's going to get fired. And Josh had that with Sean McDermott, and I think Malik Willis needs that because then there's not going to be this pressure to force him on the field. I don't believe in the this guy's not ready or he's, he is ready conversation about quarterbacks. I believe in does he have skills talents and traits that are going to allow him to go survive kind of in the NFL right now. He's not there yet. We don't know what Malik Willis is like off the field. I don't know what he's like at six o'clock in the morning, his leadership in the locker room. But I think the ideal situation for him is either Pittsburgh at 20 or Atlanta at eight. Both of those teams have quarterbacks that they can start and they can win some games with. And then both of those teams do not have coaches that if they have a struggling season are going to be fired. So, Mel, I think we all can agree that the team that's not it is probably the Texans, right? Like, Lovey Smith wouldn't be that. Mm-hmm. Davis Mills already. Which team would you prefer if you were Malik Willis? Would that be the Panthers or would that be the Steelers and why? Yeah, I think it would be the Panthers with Sam Darnold already there. Atlanta has Marcus Mariota already there. Talk is that they're not going to go that direction. Seattle has Drew Locke. Talk is they're not going to go that direction. Pittsburgh at 20. I don't think he gets to 20. Uh, I don't see that happening. Do they have their eye on a Desmond Ritter or a Kenny Pickett at 20? If, in fact, uh, they don't get Malik Willis, maybe. But in order to get Malik Willis, I have to believe you've got to you've gotta get in the top 10. I can't see him. Uh, a talented quarterback, dual threat, great kid. Uh, you know, with teams like Carolina, 
Atlanta, Seattle, and then Pittsburgh. Are they going to sit like New England did and wait for Mac Jones? Now, it worked for New England. They didn't give up anything. He fell to 15. Is Malik Willis going to fall to 20? That's going to be the talk of the draft, the storyline of the draft going in, because this is a division with Burrow, Deshaun Watson, and Lamar Jackson, and AFC loaded with quarterbacks. I've got to believe an iconic organization like Pittsburgh, the Steelers, has got to get a quarterback. It's going to be interesting who it is. And you've got to believe Carolina with no second and third round pick. Do they move off a of six down a little bit, figuring, hey, we can get Pickett or Willis and then move down if they like them both the same and maybe pick up a draft choice since we have no two and no three. So Carolina, Pittsburgh are the two teams that, for quarterbacks, all eyes will be on. Mayo, is there a surprise that there's no offensive linemen that have gone off the board just yet? A little bit, Key. I, I think Iquanu is so good. I think he's the second-best player in the draft. I, I can see, you know, Houston at three taking him. Certainly the Giants, I think, would love to see him there at five. Uh, you know, the Giants uh, at seven, if they do go defense, could still look at Evan Neal. So it would be interesting how those two picks mesh together. Same thing for the Jets at four and ten, meshing those picks. By that, I mean getting a player at four, knowing that another player to keep position could be there at ten. And that would be maybe, as you said, the receiver for the Jets. For the Giants, if they can get the OT, at, at five and a pass rusher like a Jermaine Johnson or a Kayvon Thibodeau at seven, then all of a sudden the Giants have to feel pretty good. Like I said, to get a guy in the trenches on both sides of the ball. You know those mama I made it moments? Here's one for me. I got Mel Kuyper Jr. doing my mock draft with me. I made it! <laughs> Thanks, Mel. Appreciate it, man. It take a lot to make you happy, Max. <laughs> hey, guys. See you, That's man. pretty good. You got Mel Kuyper Jr. doing your mock draft. You made it! Um, Alright, guys. Uh, you, you, my, uh, it's key. I want to follow up on one thing Mel just said about Iquano with you as a Giants fan, okay? I'm sure a lot of Giants and Jets fans are wondering about this, but especially Giants fans. Iquano seems to have leapfrogged Evan Neal because they seem to have been going back and forth for a while. Neal seemed to be the presumptive number one offensive tackle, much like Thibodeau was the number one defense, and then people look deeper into it. Do you see a big difference there? In your, have you watched them enough to say, no, Iquano is going to be better than Neal? Is there a big difference there? You, you know, when you look at the offensive linemen, there's not a huge difference right now as we speak, mm-hmm. but it's all about the development of a young offensive lineman. Which, who's going to get coached up? What type of scheme are they going to be in? Is the Giants scheme better than the Jets scheme? Is it better than Houston's scheme? Like, what are they going to do offensively that gives you – that gives you the belief that either one of these two guys are going to turn out to be something that the Giants haven't had in a long time. And then there are other uh, offensive linemen also. Um, Wait, uh, Charles gee, I went crossing these yeah. guys. I wonder if there's really a big drop-off or you can just keep taking real good tackles. Gee, if you were Joe Shane and you're in a position that the Giants are, what do you do? Like, how, what, what do you like? Which, which spot, though? What number? Like, I got two picks. Their Which first one? Pick. Their first pick. I'm probably right like I want now, you to build I'm, the Keyshawn Johnson team because I know I'm gonna go for position. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go for best available player because I'm probably thinking that I got something on my offensive line, and my scheme will allow those guys to become better. Max wants offensive line. Offensive line. Offensive. That's right. I get it, but. Well, I'm evaluating the offensive line. I may think the offensive line is fine and come to the conclusion with my staff, we want to grab the best player available. Let's assume that uh, Thibodeau's available at that spot where they're picking. Okay, we're going to grab Thibodeau at five. Here's my main problem with getting too good on the offensive line right away. 
it makes your team so good. Offensive line is so important. It can make your team so good that you're not going to lose enough to pick at the top of the draft next year. So, so maybe grab the, the shutdown corner now. But I'm telling you, Key, if it were me, I'm t- if Aquano was that dude, I'm taking him first. I'd like to trade back in the first round to get two firsts, to, like, like to get a, a guy like, I don't know, whoever it is, uh, uh, Kenyon Green or someone like that, and then pick up Linderbaum too. I want to put together the best offensive line anyone's ever seen while I'm waiting for my quarterback. Well, Linderbaum's going to go at the bottom of the one, Good. the bottom of the first round. Perfect. So you would have to trade back in or go all the way down. Uh, I'll trade to- back in. There you talk me into it, Key. You talk right. me into it again. You talk me off of Thibodeau and into trading up into the first round. 888-SAY-ESPN-729-3776. Guys, we were having a – I thought – I found it interesting. I like to geek out on this kind of stuff. Conversation earlier about who's the best NBA comp for Russell Wilson, right? Because – you know, he has his offensive lineman in, in Denver now talking about Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, LeBron James. And I get in terms of mentality, but in terms of level of player, I came up with Tony Parker. Jay, you think Chauncey Billups, right? You know, multiple-time All-Stars, champions, you know, Hall of Fame-type players. High but, level. But not in that first tier, I, I'm in the MVP conversation every year, you know, type guy, right? Who is the best comp? In the NBA for Russell Wilson, in fact, Josh in Birmingham. Oh, well, Josh in Birmingham Josh, is no longer there. Josh, Birmingham, are you with us? Alan Yates, who do you have as the best comp for Russell Wilson? I mean, I I was I was here for the Paul Pierce uh, discussion. Paul, I, I don't know, Paul. I think you got to have a point guard or something like that. It's just, see, Yates, man, uh, Paul Pierce was good, man. Yeah, he was great. Not that Russell's not, yeah. but Paul was Come on, man. Yeah. Paul, top uh, uh, top seventy five, man. Well, Russell. I mean, Willis, Paul man. Pierce, NBA champion, Finals MVP, mm-hmm. yeah, and, and seven, ten All Star selections, like top yeah. seventy five, four time All NBA team member. Like that makes it. That's the only thing that makes it tough. Yates is just the accolades seem like they're next level. How many small forwards would you take over Paul Pierce? Whoever lived, right? Probably fewer than you take, even though it's not as important position as a quarterback in the NFL because it's a tough position to compare. But LeBron, Larry, LeBron and Bird, Scotty, Scotty and KD, Julius Irving, Doctor J is five, Elgin Baylor, Dominique Wilkins. I would take Kawhi, James Worthy. That's six. You gonna I, take Dominique over him? Uh, that's the question, Dominique. You gonna take Dominique uh, over? Dominique, James Worthy, from Paul a talent, Pierce. from a talent perspective, yeah. But I think he's in that tier with Man, Dominique Paul, Paul and Worthy. Was, woo, y'all, y'all sleeping on I'm, 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 no, no, I'm, no, no, I'm no. not sleeping on him by saying I'm taking Dominique Wilkins before I take but Paul I'm, but, but let's it's forget not. about exactly where you take him and talk about buckets, right? I think you identified the first bucket. LeBron, Bird, KD, Dr. J, Elgin Baylor. That's five right there. And James that, Worthy? I, I would say Pippen and Worthy and Pierce – and Kawhi are probably in that next tier, right? No, I, I George, would, well, I, would put, I would put Pippen up there in that first bucket. Me, but, but George Gervin, George Iceman. But but the first bucket, like when you talk about LeBron and Bird, you're talking about perennial MVP, champion, best player in the world type players. Yeah, but but Pippen wasn't gonna never be best player in the world because he was with Michael Jordan. But we again, I think we gonna. Slight Pippen because he was with Jordan. You're right because when Jordan was out of the league, other than Olajuwon, Pippen was probably the dude you wanted. He was probably to me, he was like the second best player in the league once Jordan that's what I'm left. Saying. Right? We just, but that's know, not Jordan. Still, still not the best. I got, it's not I mean, LeBron or Bird. I'll give you. 
John Havlicek? Havlicek probably in that. I, I mean, see now, Jay, I got to go back to sleep now. I, I, I mean, eight, you can't eight, go to eight, black and white footage. I, was, I wasn't NBA born titles, one finals MVP, 11-time <laughs> yeah. All-Star. I, yeah, yeah. I'm just no, I get it. I just wasn't, I wasn't born then, though. That's all I'm saying. I'm so, I, I, like people – well, Josh in Birmingham, who I tried to get to, I think he's going to say Jason Kidd. I think Jason Kidd's an okay comparison to Russell Wilson. I mean, but I don't that's know. what I said. Y'all poo-pooed it when I said well, it. Jason Kidd is maybe a little higher on the NBA point I, guard I think, list than I Russell Jason Wilson. Kidd is, uh, he's definitely he's top 10 top NBA 10, right. all-time point guards. Russell Wilson's not no. top 10 all-time quarterback? Top twelve, mm-hmm. top all fifteen, all time. Well, let's say yeah. since let's say in the last <laughs> forty that's a, years. That's what I'm saying. You can't compare. No, not even the last forty him. though, Max. Not top ten. I see. Can't, can't is, I think he's in the bucket. Just like you said, if Pierce is in the bucket, you say, with, you say, look, Max. You said the last forty years. I just off the top of my head was like, well, there's Dan Marino, right there. there's Jim <laughs> Kelly, yeah, there's not. That's you know? not yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Maybe top twenty then. Steve I'm just Dunn saying, like, I think you guys, I think you guys are sleeping on th- what this exercise has taught me is you all are sleeping on Russell Wilson a little bit, little bit, not a I'm, ton, I'm but a little bit. On wake Wilson. me up when I'm re- wake me up when you're ready to, Max, because I'm sleeping. <laughs> no, he could run, he could throw, he could lead, he could win. What do you want from the guy? He won a championship, came one play away from winning another championship. He took cool, a great play to man. stop. I, I like Russ, but I'm just not there yet. Yeah. What I do you need to yet. see? You need to see him win a Super Bowl with the Broncos. Well, that would help. I think that's what they thought when they went and got him. I don't, that, that I don't certainly know how much this it, is what we're going to help see, get th- in the Super Bowl. This is what I'm saying. I don't know how much it would help. I think you've made up your mind about Russell Wilson already. I don't know. It just feels like you are a little not Why are you saying y'all? Why do you, you keep saying y'all? You and Key. What are you talking about? I'm, I'm just talking about cops. I'm not – I think Russell Wilson is going to be a Hall of Famer. Like, I'm, I'm not throwing any Russell Wilson shade on this is shit. He I, think the, he, I think he will be a Hall of Famer, but he ain't done playing yet. I can't just – he's not a – if I retire right now, then he's a Hall of Famer. He's not that right now. But I think when his career's over, he certainly probably will be a Hall of Famer. To me, he's in the same bucket with Roethlisberger and Drew Brees. He might be the last guy in the bucket, but he's in that bucket to me, which is under the you know Brady, Peyton, Rodgers in that era. He's in that next level of legitimately great players, I think. But I will defer to Keyshawn Johnson, who has – watched more football than I have, and he's even maybe played a down or two more than I have in my life. Why the Warriors might have a younger, more dangerous Steph Curry. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Keyshawn, J. Willemax, presented by Progressive Insurance. Monica McNutt giving the straight talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise. One of the things I love about Monica, she comes into the studio 
looking ready for TV, doing radio, <laughs> and kind of leans back in the chair so comfortably. I love it here, Max. Yeah, obviously. I love it here. <laughs> I just would pay to see uh, Keyshawn do this dance from the viral uh, experience we all had during the peak of COVID. Yes. Yeah. This was the dance. Yes, yeah, so Keyshawn in the club. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> no, you're not going to see me in the club, Jay. I know. That's what I'm saying. That's why I want to see it. No, I'm going to be in the corner where it's really, really dark, and I blend in. So Jordan Poole went off, and Steve Kerr, the Warriors head coach, at the press conference, talked about what it means to have, for Jordan Poole, Poole to have a mentor, basically, a, a teammate like Steph Curry. Listen to this. Some of the, the flurries uh, out there from him tonight uh, – Reminded me of his teammate who came off the bench a little bit. It's pretty remarkable to see uh, the similarities uh, now that you you know with both the on and off ball stuff. I mean, Jordan has had a a pretty good uh, apprenticeship with with uh, you know learning from Steph and uh, but it, it, he was uh, he was fantastic tonight. All right, Jay, you've been raving about Jordan Poole. What do you think? Look, I, I think Jordan Poole provides a different dynamic, Monica. Um, mm-hmm. I think he relieves pressure on Clay Thompson and Steph Curry. Um, and I, I, I found myself asking the guys this question last night on a text thread. How much longer do you think Steph Curry has to play at this level? He's 34. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Mm. Well, Steph's game is not predicated on a bunch of explosiveness. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not well documented the amount of money he spends on his body, but I bet he's taking great care. I, I mean, I give it three. I think um, I, the numbers may decline, but I still think that he will be efficient and someone you have to account for defensively. So I give it a, a good three more. So thirty-seven. Thirty-seven. Yeah, he's Just probably thirty-four. Yeah. He's probably thirty-seven. Thirty. 37, yeah. The durability. He needs his quicks, though, Monica, because, like, he could shoot for forever, but it's also the handles and the ability to get to spots. But he moves around so much. And I'm thinking more like Ray Allen later in his career, right? Uh Like, I don't – that part may very well change, but you talk about guys getting older when they lose explosiveness, which is a huge part of his game. That's not his thing. Like, look at Chris Paul. I mean, if you're talking about handles and just moving without the ball. Yeah, that's true. Chris Paul, I don't know, Chris Paul must look at all these dudes like, guys, I'm not the fastest. I'm six feet tall. Why am I so much better than the rest of you? <laughs> like, could you get in the gym? Vegan. Exactly. <laughs> and by the way, Chris Paul loves that nobody's talking about the Suns right now. Like, we, you don't hear a lot of national shows talking about the Suns. Hey, man, my mentions go up every time I be like, Suns, it's fine. Yeah, but meantime. From Warriors fans, though. Mean, meantime, <laughs> meantime, the Warriors, for real, like, when you look at how they've drafted, they have young athletic guys waiting for minutes. That's coming pretty soon. Meantime, Jordan Poole and Andrew Wiggins join Draymond Green and Klay Thompson, who's come back, and Steph Curry. They, I don't know. They're live as anything to me. Yeah. Well, they've always been live, though, Monica. They, they haven't gone anywhere, right? I mean, they, they, everybody started fake counting them out because Steph got hurt. Well, Draymond got hurt first, and then Steph got hurt. So they, everybody was like, oh, well, you know, Phoenix is this and Phoenix is that and Memphis is this. And, well, I don't know if Golden State gets Steph Curry back if his ankle is okay. Well, last night he looked perfect to me. So here's the thing, though, when we do these sports conversations. At points in the season, did they look down? Sure, right? And so you go with the teams that are hot. I don't think anybody ever counted them out of being a contender. Now, whether or not you buy that they will actually hoist the Larry O'Brien at the end of the day is a fine conversation. But to me, like, we're talking about Jordan Poole, and I remember the window of the season where it was Jonathan Kaminga. And so to your point, Max, you got options in terms of your future. And it's wild that you almost could say 
Clay and Steph have become release valves for the pressure that's now on Jordan Poole? Like, what is happening? Well, I mean, there was that, that video I sent you guys yesterday. It was Steph literally, I think, back in 2018, 17, sitting with his daughter, Riley. And she's like this really cute little girl at the podium. And the picture shows now she's on her phone. She's a kid. Texting, right? Yeah. I'm like, oh, she's like a, like a, like a small adult. Right. And you start thinking, like, well, I think that yes, was you're it, too. old, Jay. Excuse me? <laughs> Say, yes, you're old. But pool- no, but I, it was more so along the lines about, hey, like with, with these injuries, like Steph being 34, with Draymond having a back injury mm-hmm. at 32, Clay coming off not playing in two years, can they pick up their steam? I think a lot of people thought maybe they were a year away. But Poole's shooting to me. Like the thing about the Warriors, if you think last year after that draft, I'm like, all right, they have Wiseman and Kaminga. They're, they're drafting young athletic guys maybe for the future. Clay is out. I looked at the team, and Wiggins wound up shooting well, but at the time, before last year began, not this past season, the season before, I'm like, Steph is the only dude who shoots over average for his position. No one else does, but now you fast forward and you go, okay, Steph is still shooting, Clay is back, and Jordan Poole can really stroke it. Like, all of a sudden, it's they're dangerous in that way again. So I think it reminds us, and this is a cross-sports key, and I know you can see it in football, an organization that is stable, right? Uh-huh. Like, yes. cool, we can afford a down year. By the way, we won three in four years. Like, <laughs> we can afford a down year. We're going to keep running our system. Trust our scouts. Come on, scouts. Jordan Poole out of G League? Like, come on. And, like, we'll be back. And for now, you still have Dre and Seth and Clay returning to a high level of basketball. But that system, like, yeah. even when those guys ride off into the sunset, it's going to be guys like Poole that fit that system, mm-hmm. and everybody else has to figure out how to defend their cuts and their shooting. You know, when you see stable organizations, Monica, for, for instance, in basketball, the stable organizations like the, the San Antonio Spurs for a long time under Greg Popovich, nothing changed. He had his core three, four players, and he was there, and other guys just came and gone, and that's what you see with Golden State. Mm-hmm. The core people are there, Steve Kerr's there, and other guys come and go. The core still stays intact, and that's how you win when you have stabilization. Max, 100%. if Stephen Curry wins another championship this year, will you deem him a top-ten player? I have to see Steph be a final Oh, MVP, God, I got to go. I got to see him. I got to see him at least stay the same guy in uh, when it matters most. Not like you don't have to elevate better than you've ever been. Just be Steph Curry He's had in the finals. Four in twenty three minutes. By the way, I see. Uh, yeah, Max, I said in the Max, finals. Max, Max versus just the quick. Nuggets, though. Jay, come on now. Hold on. Ma- I, Max, I no, I understand. I'm just saying if but, he wins, I, yeah. Max doesn't doesn't think. Well, Steph I mean, is Monica, here's the thing. But this is this is what I would say though, Max. Yeah. This is the same thing in Russell Wilson. Then it's the same thing. Okay. That's by the I'm way, just saying, by the I'm way, just, Keith, you know. but I don't have Russell Wilson top 10 all time. This is what I'll say about Steph. Mm-hmm. The first championship is because Kyrie and Kevin Love weren't available. They still went six games with just LeBron. Get out of here with that, right? Like, okay. if they're healthy, they, the Warriors have but, no but shot that doesn't there. doesn't matter. Okay, okay but it matters to me. It matters to me. The next season, he has 73 wins. It's the greatest team of all time. They get to a game seven at home. I'm sure the Warriors are going to win, right? Uh-huh. LeBron's yelling at him, screaming on him like yeah, his dad. Yeah. Steph's kind of slinking away. Now it's game four, 422 left in the fourth quarter. He's carelessly throwing the ball out of bounds. He's not taking the shot. He's shooting and missing. They didn't score a single point at home, game four, a uh, game seven, fourth quarter, 422, and lost the finals. See, Monica's wincing. That's tough. Ooh. Then KD joined the team. Well, guess what? If you put an MVP-level player, any MVP, on a, on a, on a 73-win team, they ain't never going to lose. So they win back-to-back. 
I haven't seen st- – and by the way, LeBron was so much better than anyone in that series in 15, they had to give it to Iggy because it's like whoever guarded LeBron. Oh, right? Man. They, could, they couldn't give it to Steph because okay. he clearly yeah. wasn't it. So when you talk top 10, it's no knock to Steph. He's top 20. But top 10 is hard to crack. It's MJ and LeBron and Kareem and Magic and Bird and these dudes. Tim Duncan's a five-time champion. is the best player on the team. Popovich hasn't gotten a whiff since without Duncan, before or after, right? Then you got guys like Hakeem, back-to-back champion, showed up. No one was on his level in those finals. In Even those, like... <laughs> like, like, I'm just saying, it's not, it's not a knock against Steph. You have to earn that into the top ten. To me, he hasn't done that yet. Top ten. So, how, how about the first unanimous MVP in the history of the league? That's great. What? What? Just because all the just because all the unanimous all the bad. See, see what you went to. You went to the opinions of basketball writers at the time in the regular season. Sure, that doesn't count for nothing. Max, but that doesn't tell me what I need to know. Was an opinion. Based on the facts of what happened this in the playoffs, Jay. Well, based upon the facts of what we've seen, people in the MVP votes go for the, it. The MVP is voted in a regular season where 16 at the time out of 30 teams, more than 50% of the teams, made the playoffs. You cannot tell me that the regular season okay. you're looking at and not counting the playoffs right, when you so, talk about so this. So I actually have the capacity to follow you on your argument. My one pushback, and this may not work for you because it sounds like your argument is based on moments that equal rings. Mm-hmm. Steph has flat out changed the way that basketball is played. Best argument 100%. there is. right? He and revolutionized so, the game. Uh, so to me... Not only did he change it, but he does have the hardware. You going to punish him for being on a really good team with the system? Like, I just... No, I, I think that's... I, I agree. That is finals. the best argument for him. He didn't win finals MVP, so he is a top 19 player. <laughs> I'm saying they're at least five centers above him, and MJ, LeBron, Those lists Kobe. Are so hard. You know, on. like, come on, guys. It's tough. All right. <laughs> That's Monica McNutt. Monica makes persuasive arguments. She's following the logic. I, you guys I, I, I could hating. follow. I could follow. Oh, why one insider? Logic. I just choose not to listen to One it. insider says the Titans can't let A.J. Brown walk. That's next on ESPN Radio Sirius XM Channel 80. Always great to see you, Monica. Thanks, guys. We're back in less than two minutes. G-Sean, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. So, guys, um, Anthony Edwards, did you see this? Named his dog Anthony Edwards Jr. Baby Keyshawn? I don't refer to him as Anthony Baby Edwards Ke- anymore. Keyshawn, it's your grandson. Anthony <laughs> Edwards Jr. It's a pit bull. I, I, mean, I mean, he named, he named his dog <laughs> after himself. <laughs> This is why I love this dude. Look, it, he's a young pup in this big game of going against Memphis. They play tonight, by the way. Another massive game. Drops 30-plus on their head. Gets a, a big-time block on John ja Morant. John ja Morant's on the floor. He's looking at him as he's walking away like, yeah, I know your place is beneath me. 
and he just has all the swag. I mean, the interview about, yeah, my dog's name is Anthony Edwards Jr. And because yeah. he, it, it's everything about it. He, like, he, he got a lot of uh, he got a lot of Westbrook in him, except he can shoot. Yeah, yeah see, man, he, he got, got shoot. He got, a lot, he got a lot of Westbrook in him, though, but he can shoot. He a hustle face for real. He that's a real the, hustle face that can ball out. That's the thing about Westbrook. A lot of the hustle, negative hustle stuff. Hustle faces usually can't ball out, but he a hustle face that can ball. You, you, like the Westbrook stuff, a lot of the negative stuff toward him is just simply that he's not a good shooter. shooter yes. Right? Like Anthony Edwards, if you saw the game where he dropped, what was it, 40, I guess, right? Wasn't it 40? He dropped close to 50. So, so towards the end of the season, in he that, tried, he No, no, I'm it. saying in these playoffs, he just dropped. It was 30 it's plus. Like 38. I think okay. 39 or 38. I mean, Early in that game, he wasn't driving. He was just hitting outside shots. That was loosening everything up. Later on in the game, he started driving. But early on, it was outside His body, he, he's so thick. His body, when he goes to the cup, it's just hard to get around him and defend him. Yo, okay, this makes me think about Can you imagine if Russell Westbrook was able to shoot? He'd be one of the greatest players the game has ever seen. No doubt. Oh, my God. If he could I just never took time to even think about it because he's never been able to shoot. You know, you Actually, the one time he shot like 34 from three, he was he was like, oh, my God, he's incredible. We do make $47 million in you. That's my point, Keith. First thing you say, Jay, if the guy guy can shoot, look, put it this way. Just let me do what he did. Exactly. (laughs) I'm straight with not shooting a lick in my life if it gets me $47 million a year. He averaged a triple-double over three seasons. It's ridiculous, man. By the way, I want to talk about real quick Anthony Edwards or Ja. Because everyone's saying Ja or Luca. Anthony Edwards or Ja. That's the like under 6'5, freaky athletic, super young. Oh my God, how good is this guy going to be? It might come down to those two. I mean, that's a rival for the next five I'm years. I'm taking Anthony Edwards. That's just me. Yeah, I mean. Baby uh, Key, Sean. Baby, do you like Baby Key or Ja? Oh, uh, don't give me. I'll give you a comp for you, Jay. Who's the comp for Jay? Stephen A. Smith. Huh? Is that because my We're back in 10 seconds. I usually go bald. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com. NBA over-unders. Should we talk about that? 15% of you at Key J and Max said yes, but 23% said no. Talk about the NBA, M- uh, the NBA awards. Okay, maybe we should do that, except that 25% of you said no, the match, you know, the golf match between... Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers on one team and Patrick, the old great quarterbacks in the NFC versus the young great ones in the AFC, Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen. Want to talk about that? We can't because the fans have decided, guys. 36.5% said A.J. Brown's tweet. So we're talking about A.J. Brown's tweet right now. Where do we start? Well, let's start 
with his tweet. <laughs> I'm a diva and a bad teammate all of a sudden. LOL, okay, do what you have to do then, and so will I. Okay? I love those threats. What's Public the threat? threats. What's the threat? He's going to ball out? Give me my money or else exactly. I'm going to go home. Or else I'm going to scrub my social yep. media. We get it. You get it. You're trying to debase my name a little bit, and I'm a diva. I don't do all these things right. That's fine. I wonder. I'll wait I until wonder, that money hits my uh, bank account. But it is funny how when you negotiate with the team. I put that out there, though. Put what out? That he's a diva? Well, yeah, that he's a bad teammate and a diva. Like, who is that? Is he responding to somebody on social media, or was it in the media it was reported that that's what he was? That's what I want to ask you guys. It was guys. a subtweet. It was a subtweet, I believe, in that, like, this is what people are saying about him. He didn't tag anyone in it. He didn't reply to anyone. He just put it out there as kind of a subtweet, like, this is what I hear all you saying about me. This is my response. That's what I want to ask oh, you guys, Key, Jay. And, yeah, and just, Key, especially because it's your experiences in the NFL. Is well, Do absolutely. you find or did you find or do you hear now that, you know, you're, you're obviously your, your nephew's playing in the league, Michael Thomas, that when it comes time to talk contract, right, that suddenly in the press these sneaky little things come out about negative stuff about you because that's what he seemed. It seems to me that A.J. Brown is negotiating with a team on a new deal and he's responding to the fact that, lo and behold, there are these negative things out about me all of a sudden as though my, it's trying to suppress my value. Is there any of that? Hello? Max. Yes, yeah, we I'm got right you. Here. Uh, you guys still have me? Yeah, well, we got I'm you. Here. I, yeah. It, it's, yeah, it was. Oh, okay, because it went. It felt like my thing was. You, did you hear that? No, yeah, we, we heard, heard what you. Yeah, said. What um, heard, did you? Did you hear me? Like, it, it, what happened? Like, this is so confusing. Yeah, I heard you, but it was going. Okay, gotcha. And then it went blank for a minute. It did not go on our ear. I don't know what the people at home were hearing, but go ahead. So you're going to always get somebody trying to smear you when it's time to negotiate it, it's just that's just part of it they're gonna start trying to say well you know he's not that fast well you know he dropped a lot of balls oh he doesn't really like to block that's just part of the game that's just part of the game and you've got to be able to just laugh them off and keep it moving I even, mean I've been through a couple game, times in my career is it part of the game though even oh, like Diana, Diana Rossini yes. came in here and said they love A.J. Brown Right, twenty five, twenty six million a year. So yeah, yeah but but I'm quest- yeah, I wonder they, if- they, they they because they got to give him that they so, have to give it. So to if him. even if a team, what else are they gonna do? Key, what I'm asking is even if a team loves a player, do they still have their people or kind of talk to people a little bit, whisper campaign to try to suppress the value around contract time, even if they love the guy? Yeah, but but but. It, what's the negotiator's job, uh, Max? Yeah, that's what I'm asking. It is to get the best deal. Job is? To get the best deal. To get the best deal, right? So Vrabel probably loves him, right? The mm-hmm. offensive coordinator loves him. But the dude, the bean counter, the guy that's sitting there counting money that's not his, he's trying to show the owner, hey, look what I saved you. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, I'm justifying I, my I salary. I saved you $6 million. Yeah, I need to justify my – and so that's what you get. So he may be the guy who's leaking to somebody he knows at the local pub, you know? I know a job is a job. It's a game they play. I know a job is a job, and a lot of athletes look at people in the media like me and are like, man, take a paycheck and you're, you have to talk negative about people. You're really just trying to objectively look at people or subjectively give your opinion about what you think. Sometimes it's positive, sometimes it's negative. But could you believe Yeah, it? I look at you like a, 
your idol in the business. I know, I know, I know, Key. You've told me many times. But but my point is, could you imagine being a guy whose job it is to suppress guys' salaries? Could you imagine? Let me make you feel bad about yourself. You're not as worth as much as we think you're worth. It almost ruined in baseball the arbitration system was killing guys. It's not even that. It's just the job is to delay. You notice that the job is to just you know figure out how to get you for the value to take it back to my owner. You know, that's just, that's really what it boils down to. And and the same thing for every business that we ever going to be in, man, even this business here, it's, it's to be able to show Mickey Mouse. Hey, look, I was able to do this. And it's the reality of it. I know in baseball, the arbitration system, it's like you go before an arbitrator and the club submits a proposal. This is what we think he should be paid, and the player does. And now the club has to argue about how bad the player is, right, to keep mm-hmm. the lower number. And it was it soured relationships. Arbitration really, like, players would come out of it, like, mad at the clubs, man. That's why I, I don't know how to, I mean, separate the two, right? Because you put your time, you put your effort into something. Then when somebody comes in and they try to lowball you, that relationship is just not going to be the same. Like, for me, like, I, I'll get over it once you give me my money. But I know that relationship will not be the same. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'll, I'll be I've never, I've never, you know, I negotiated. I was in my negotiations. Every last one of my negotiations, I'm right there. I know everything that's being said when I played and, and thereafter even in television. But as a player, I didn't mind. Say what you want to say. I, as I told Parcells once, find somebody else that could do it there. Just find somebody else. Right. When you, when you find you that person, let value. me know. You feel mm-hmm. you have a, you have exceptional. Yeah, you value. know you got value. Anyone can be replaced, but at what level? If you exactly. feel like you bring something to the table that's hard to replace, yeah, of course. Keyshawn J. Will and Max, we are back yeah. at six a.m. tomorrow on ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel Eighty. Stay tuned, Greeny. Me and Jay Ooh. will be in Chicago. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn J. Will and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from six to ten Eastern on ESPN Radio.